stories. We're very fortunate to have an important guest back on who can give us some insight on romance scam victim shaming. You know the phrases, how could you be so stupid or how could you fall for that? Kathy Wilson, in my opinion, is the leading therapy expert nationwide on specifically romance scams. So we wanted to talk about this because it causes so many victims and their family members, including myself, to just shut up and shut down and Stop sharing the story. Kathy has interesting insight into what's going on, both inside the victim's head and the commenter's head when these comments come out of their mouths. Here's Kathy. For the people who missed our first episode, tell us about yourself Mm -hmm. and what you do, how you got into this. Sure. Um, So I'm Kathy Wilson, and I run a counseling practice mental health counseling in the Denver, Colorado area, and have done that for quite a few years. Several years ago, I published something on my website that was to help people who have been scammed, and it was short, a page or so, but there was no other resources out on the internet, um, in local support services of various kinds. And so I ended up getting a lot of hits on that webpage, which led to a lot of phone calls from people thanking me, which I appreciated very much. It was good to hear that was helpful. And the phone calls kept coming and I thought, I need to do more here. (laughs) So I wrote a book about being scammed and that's the emotional effects of being scammed and how to recover. And then that led to a free YouTube video series that has also gotten a lot of feedback about how helpful that is. And today, a lot of my focus is helping with awareness, you know, helping uh, with different awareness efforts And I have some online courses created for friends and family, for advocates, for mental health professionals. And those are getting out there and helping a lot of people too. Do you remember how you first found out about romance scams? The first way that I found out was a client of mine. And this client was naturally devastated when she realized what had happened to her. And it was a tremendous amount of money that she had lost, but she had also lost her dignity in her view. She she had lost so much trust in the world and the counseling we were doing, that was helping, but it would have also helped her to have something outside of our sessions, such as a support group. And so she and I both looked for other resources and found nothing for the emotional part. Lots of resources for, you know, what do you do with your finances now? How do you protect your identity? But at that time, there wasn't anything about the emotional impact, and it was huge. Before I found you, I tried really, really hard to find a therapist to speak about this. And one Mm. therapist I found, I said, have you heard of romance scams? And she said, yeah, I think so. And I said, my mom was scammed for $350,000. And she said, how mm-hmm. could she be so stupid? And that was a therapist who said that to me. Mm-hmm. I was blown I away 
I say, how could you be so stupid? Because that's what people have said to me, but you phrase it a little differently. How mm-hmm. do you phrase it? I fr- phrase it exactly. That is usually the phrase that I use, but I also point out that there's many different ways that a person could phrase that same idea that they just can't believe that people fall for scams. And in actuality, as you and I both know, scammers are so skilled. They have so many psychological tricks, we'll say, persuasion tactics. Um, they take advantage of biases. They they have so much in their toolkit. And I almost hesitate to call it skill or toolkit because it makes it sound good. And it's not. <laughs> but I think your average person in the world does not realize the extent that scammers go to to create a situation that allows for a person to think that what they're saying is true. And this is just the tip of the iceberg here with technology and artificial intelligence. It's going to get worse, not better. It is. I completely agree. Completely agree. AI is, well, there's a technical side of me that's fascinated by the capability there. And there's also a part that's just terrified at what at what that means for our future. And in particular, being scammed, there's a lot of things that we can do now without AI to think, oh, this is probably a scam. But something like being able to recreate a loved one's voice as if you're talking to that person. So if I felt like I was talking to my daughter, that changes everything. It's very, very scary. Okay, so let's describe to people what a victim feels like, what they really hear when someone says, how could you fall for that? Or how could you be so stupid? What does that do to a person mentally to hear that? Okay. So one, they may be saying that to themselves already. So they've already gotten into this place of shame and they they feel like they are not intelligent, stupid, dumb. They They say those kind of things in their head to themselves. And of course, this increases anger, anxiety, depression, and a lot of feelings that aren't positive. They don't feel good feelings. (laughs) And so when someone says that to them, it confirms these negative thoughts that are going through their mind and it makes them believe it more. And it makes the person have that much more trouble I mean, they're suffering already, right? It adds suffering on top of what they already were feeling. And so that makes their recovery time and recovery process so much more difficult. It makes a person so much more likely to withdraw and not ask for help, especially if that's a person they trust. So if we hear that from a partner, a family member, our best friend, then we're even more likely to believe that we are stupid. And so I don't want to feel that shame anymore. So I'm going to withdraw and stop asking for help, if nothing else, out of the fear of hearing that again. It had the same effect on me, and I wasn't the scam victim. But I would tell my story to people, you know, at work or at dinner, and people would say, Mm -hmm. how could she be so stupid? And I was like, okay, I'm not telling Uh this anymore because I'm pissed every time someone says that to me. How rude. Yep. It is it is very similar in my mind to when people say about a woman in a domestic violence relationship. When people say, 
why didn't she just leave? It's a very similar feeling. And yet a person saying that has no idea what the entire experience has been. And they're judging from the outside, looking in, and they don't really know. They don't. What does this really mean? When someone says this to someone, it's condescending. Mm-hmm. What, what is actually going on there? Uh, so there is definitely some judgment going on there. And it is also victim blaming. So there again, with a similarity to women in domestic violence relationships, and I, I realize that men are too. And so I don't want to discount that or make it sound like I'm, I believe only women are in those situations, but they are the target of this question more, more often. Why didn't you just leave? It is blaming that person who's in the abusive relationship. They're being harmed and also blamed. So it's also re-victimizing. And that's happening with people who have been scammed and get that question. They're re-victimized by the question. It sounds like you were when you said it. And like you mentioned, you weren't even the scam victim and you felt that same kind of feeling. And so victim blaming, it comes from a bias that we all have. That's the fundamental attribution error. Not everyone does this, of course, but um, we're all susceptible to doing it because we have human brains. And what it essentially means is that when something bad happens to me, I look for an outside reason outside of me that caused that to happen. But when a bad thing happens to someone other than me, I immediately look for something to do with them that caused that to happen. And so it's a natural way that our brains work and we have to use our critical thinking skills to bypass that. And a lot of us don't realize it's there. A lot of us don't try. So what I'm hearing is, so when someone says this to a victim, it's, Mm -hmm. I'm better than you, I'm smarter than you. Exactly, exactly. It reminds me of like at work, if there's someone who I don't get along with at work, this has happened a couple of mm-hmm. times. And um, a coworker would say, well, that person never acts like that to me. Oh, okay. Well, that's not helpful. Ah. But you're saying that, oh, that it's me that's the problem, not the bully. It's the same kind of thing that people are trying to feel it better about themselves. The they do. They absolutely do. And there's, there's almost a piece to that wanting to feel better about themselves that is also wanting them to feel safer. Well, Here's some proof for myself that this couldn't happen to me. I'm smarter than this person. I get along better with people in your example, and you name it. There's a lot of instances when we do that. And unfortunately, in this kind of situation where someone's already suffering so much, like I said before, they're already having a very hard time. And to add that how could you be how could you be so stupid how could you fall for that adding that on top of it just just really enhances all those negative feelings it leaves us feeling worse what do you think we should say to victims what is helpful uh, so i i have a few of those um, to simply say oh this must be awful for you i'm so sorry that happened just saying that is kind of a big deal that's tremendously helpful. It's not blaming the person. It's, it is empathizing with this person and following that up with, 
Is there anything I can do to help? What could I do to help? I'm available to talk anytime. Would that be helpful? Right? Those kind of statements. And if the person seems ready to take any action at that point in time, then you could say, well, have you reported this? You know, have you looked into reporting it and what that might mean? Engaging them in something empowering is always helpful. And then um, another thing you can do to actually help them is ask them what resources they've found that have been helpful. So there may be articles they've read that help them realize that, or you could find them yourself and um, point this person to where those articles are that would be helpful to get them to push back against the feeling of shame and the feeling of being stupid. One thing that this this conversation really has me thinking about, since my mother passed mm-hmm. away, I always wonder if I handled it wrong. You know, the the victims aren't the only victims. Their loved ones also go through this whole ordeal. And I wondered if I handled oh, it right. Yes. I, I didn't do tough love with her because she had she was dying mm-hmm. of ovarian cancer, number one. And I was so afraid that I would have regrets. Mm-hmm. But I talked to a lot right. of women like me whose mothers are in the same situations. And they, don't, they go back and forth whether they should treat them with kindness or treat them with tough love. Mm-hmm. Like I've got one lady... Her mother is living in a tent, giving up everything, Mm. and is still going on with the scam. That is so difficult to have a relationship with your parent and try and figure out how to help them when it's that Mm -hmm. desperate. Do you have any advice for people like, you know, me, whose parents are going through it, on how to talk to their parents? Mm -hmm. I do, and this the rejection of someone is going to damage the connection that you have with that person. And and so that is going to make them withdraw more and give you less ability to help them if or when they realize this is a scammer. And so my first thing that I tell people about this is preserve that connection, build on that connection, strengthen it, and and just say, I do believe that this is a scam that's happening to you, but I respect that you don't and it's your money and I want to support you however I can. So that builds the connection, right? And there's many, many other ways that we build connection with people. And so your number one goal is to preserve that so you can be there to help if they realize and when they realize, because it's it feels about equal to me that it's if or when. And then there's other pieces to that in terms of as long as that connection stays strong, then talking with them about it as frankly as they will allow. And what I mean by that is to say, okay, so I want to match this up here. Like I'm seeing this person as a scammer, but you're not. So tell me about the things that you see that leave you to believing that's not a scam. Tell me what proves that that's real. Sometimes when you ask that type of question, the person starts talking about it. If they feel safe enough with you, with that connection, they start talking about it and start questioning things themselves. Maybe there's um, like a middle ground, a 
a way to still be in touch mm-hmm. and kind to your loved one, but maybe set up some boundaries mm-hmm. so you're not angry. Right. That is a great point. And taking care of yourself along the way and having limits on how much time you spend thinking about this and with them knowing that this is happening, having those kind of boundaries is absolutely critical for each person as well. And I would say that if it were me in that position, I'd be very honest about that with the person and say, I love you. I want to support you. But I do get mad sometimes because I have a strong belief about this too. And so some of the time I I need to stop the conversation that we're having and whatever else that might mean. So you're absolutely right. And that's an excellent point. And maybe let them know when I get angry, it's because I care about you and Mm -hmm. how you're treated. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That is a good thing to add in there. That would be so helpful. But it does get, we're human too, right? It does get so difficult to be in that position and get frustrated that the person's not seeing what we see. We can't make them know, can we? And sometimes they do know, like my mom, she came to her senses that it was a scam, but she still got addicted to talking to the scammers. Right. So how much has your call volume picked up with victims and victims' family members? I hear from people, I still hear from people quite a bit, so I still get many calls probably about the same as before but i i now i have a place to direct them such as that free youtube playlist that i set up um, for people who have been scammed and i also receive a lot of comments on those videos that show that those are helping people quite a bit sometimes people just call to say I saw your videos. Thank you. I read your book. Thank you. That's all really helpful. And so the the calls have changed slightly to where there's more of that as opposed to people who haven't come across any resources for themselves yet. Do you ever hear from any other therapists asking questions or is that not something that would happen in the circles that you run in? I mean, are people are therapists becoming more aware of this and tackling it more? Not enough, (laughs) not aware enough, but I'm working on that. And um, I do hear from therapists quite a bit in wanting to consult about um, this topic so they can be the best support for the client of theirs that they possibly can. Um, Quite a few have taken the, the online course that I created that's specific for mental health professionals and gotten great feedback about how helpful that is in that therapist feeling like they have so much more knowledge about what a person who's been scammed is going through and the things to say and not to say, definitely. And um, there's for that course, there's even a, a specific piece for mental health professionals in you know, we have to do treatment plans and things like that. So there's an extra piece for the clinical aspect of our work. That and the other courses are really well-rounded in helping someone to be supportive of a person, whatever their role is. Okay, so just I'm trying to get other therapists interested in this topic. So I know that therapists get into the business because uh, they want to help people, but it is a business. There is a bottom line. Mm-hmm. And there is a lot of potential clients out there. So more therapists need to get on this. They absolutely do. And so I'm trying to get on at least one of the therapist directories and trying to 
to get them to add this as a category. And so far that hasn't happened, but I'm still on the job with that. I just, I wonder why that hasn't happened. That's a great question. And I think the feeling is that this falls under trauma. So just look for a trauma therapist. And yet you may have been talking with a therapist who's well-versed in trauma and still has that deeply held belief that made her say, how could she be so stupid? And so that's a big part of the message and a big part of why this is a different kind of trauma. It's because there's much more stigma associated with this, the victim blaming piece and um, all the biases that are affecting victims. There's plenty of them that are affecting the helpers as well. And so learning about all of those influences on us so that we're better prepared to help with this kind of trauma, a very unique kind of trauma. Okay. That makes sense. That would be amazing. Yeah. Okay. Right. Right. And so until that's in place, what I tell people is to look for a therapist who has uh, a lot of experience with trauma And potentially also has experience with grief or betrayal. Those are also very, very helpful. Nice. Okay, so we've got some important, we've got an important event coming up that we need to talk about that you and I are both involved in. But first, um, tell people, where can they find your book and your YouTube channel and your, your website and all that? Okay, they can find all of those things through a website I created for for this purpose, and it's called scamsurvivorhealing.com. That'll take you to all of them from that site. Great. And we've got an important day coming up. You want to talk about that? Yes. Yes, that would be fantastic. So what we've got coming up that we're both participating in is the Protecting Hearts is presenting World Romance Scam Prevention Day on October 3rd. And on that day this year, we have a webinar to celebrate that because we definitely need more awareness about this and prevention efforts. And so I'm speaking for that webinar, looking forward to speaking. And um, I have 10 minutes roughly to speak and I could talk for hours and hours about my topic, which is how manipulation works in scams. So I have to hit it at a high level, but I've got some good little nuggets of information for people about how the manipulation works. And we've posted where you can join that webinar, everyone's websites, the support groups. It's easy to find. Oh, I would add one point. And that is absolutely anyone can be scammed. And a lot of us, a lot of people believe that there's no way that could happen to them, that they're A, too smart for that to happen. They know about all the scams that are out there, so they would never, never be fooled by, um, you know, a scammer. And that's just not true because there is a scam for everyone and there's a scam for every single person. If the circumstances are set up for it, any one of us could be taken advantage of. I have to admit... Even I got scammed into giving out my credit card information last week. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you how it happened. I'm ignorant about football and I'm trying to learn football. And so I joined a fantasy Mm -hmm. football league at work 
and they send me a link and I click on get started and I hit start now and it uh-huh. asks for my credit card information. Uh-huh. And I said to the guys at work, I said, it's asking for my credit card. And they said, yeah, that uh, that's so if you win, you get the money. And I was like, okay. So I put my credit card information uh-huh. in. It was, a, it was a pop-up scam. I had to call my bank and cancel my credit card. Right. And everyone at work was like, April, you have a scam podcast. What? <laughs> <laughs> but this, this is unfortunate first. <laughs> It's also a great example of how how any of us could get pulled into this happening. So one, you're a little uncertain. So there's a little bit of anxiety anyway, which is going to make you less resilient in that moment. And you asked around. You looked at some people around you and said, should I be putting my credit card in, in there? And all these people that you trust are saying, yeah, that's how you get your money. Right. And so there was an authority aspect of that or credibility aspect because they were all saying, yeah, that's what you do. And so, of course, you would go forward when you break it down like that. Then it's a little easier to see how a scammer can set things up in a way that allows for people to be more easily taken advantage of. And the more of the vulnerabilities that you stack up, then the more likely a scam is going to happen. And so so that I'm pretty passionate about educating people about that piece because the more we get people to realize anyone can be scammed, then there's less judgment, mm-hmm. less stigma. Yes, that's why so, I'm sharing my story. Ultimately. <laughs> it's embarrassing yes, to me, yes. but I'm like, I better tell people that it, it happens to me too. So. Right, right. And in anything that's unfamiliar, so for I'm going to bring up cryptocurrency with that. There's a large part of the population that doesn't really understand how cryptocurrency works. And that is definitely an advantage for scammers. Because if they say, well, we need to use cryptocurrency, it's the safest which is not, obviously, you know, they tell you a bunch of things about how great cryptocurrency is and efficient or whatever their story is. And for someone like me that doesn't know hardly anything about how that works, I might believe them because I don't know that much about it. And so I think that's part of the advantage. Um, Plus, I mean, the money, what I understand is the money disappears and there's no coming back from that. Yeah, that's why There's, that's growing so it's quickly. It's extremely difficult to track. Mm-hmm. Yes. You don't want to miss that webinar on the first World Romance Scam Day on October 3rd. If you miss it, though, I'll post the video afterward on the Scammer Stories Facebook page. I've also posted all the links to find Kathy Wilson in the notes. Now, the next episode is going to be an interesting one. I talked to a man who says he's a reformed romance scammer. We'll see. We'll find out what made him change his ways. And this is another episode without any commercials. I managed to do another one. If you would like to donate to make sure I can continue with this podcast, I'll put a link in the notes for that as well. Until next time, Scammer Warriors.